Welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. It's Sabrina, joined alongside Christian Rivas, another I Love Basketball, Can You Dig It crossover episode. Christian, Hi. how's it going? I am I am slowly dying, I'm sure of it. I get sick once a year, but when I do, it's it's pretty bad. I woke up and there's like dark circles around my eyes. Mm. Like, I don't know if for the people that have seen Doctor Strange, the main villain of <laughs> Doctor Strange, that's what I woke up looking like. So, uh, but I, as the Michael Jordan of being a mediocre podcast host, this is my flu game. So I'm here. Well, you know how everyone always says, like, when one of their favorite players gets injured, like, you know, take my leg or take my yeah. knee. I don't need it. Just take my all of my immunities. Like, yeah. Just take my nose. Take all. <laughs> my nose is like a leaky faucet right now it's just disgusting like a waterfall it's a really anyway, pleasant visual image yeah. enough about my mucus we have <laughs> basketball to talk about all right so the annual nba gm survey came out today which is always fun i like to think about which votes rob palinka actually had you know <laughs> as i was going through this like all of the weird yeah. ones and the also receiving ones i like to think belong to rob but yeah if if there are ride-in options. I feel like Rob would ride in Kobe for every like best leader. Kobe would would lead in votes because Rob would would ride in for everyone. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like Rob. I don't know that he is such a strange man. Rob Palinka is a strange, strange man. Somebody post. Somebody sent uh, in in the Slack the other day a picture of Rob reading a book with glasses on and i swear it looked like it was straight out of clueless like <laughs> just where like wearing glasses and reading a book in front of a micro it's just so funny shout out to rob Palinka. yeah i mean do you do you watch succession christian i don't i he, oh, okay. I, I see so much about that show and there's uh, a lot of good uh laker parallels to make with succession <laughs> um that's actually how i got turned on to the show is uh another NBA writer in this area like just basically sent me a list of like the six main characters compared to like six Lakers figures and I was like here that's so funny yeah it looks good I watch um I think the only tv show like I am invested in is uh Barry with Bill Hader Mm, it's very very good yeah yeah Yeah. all right well you know back to basketball for a second (laughs) yeah Well, I thought about talking about the preseason games, but I'm kind of tired of watching the Lakers play the Warriors. Yeah. Uh, I think it's a good matchup for the Lakers. That's all I can pretty much say after three times (laughs) playing them. Yeah. I like, and even with the addition of like Willie Cauley Stein and Kevon Looney, which still infuriates me, those were like two of the top 10 centers available (laughs) on the market this summer. And the NBA was just generally like, uh, well, the Warriors don't have a center. Let's just let's just let them have them. Like Willie Cauley Stein ended up signing for yeah, the way that's just slightly the... above the veterans minimum. Yeah, I think uh, Looney got like three fifteen, and then Cauley Stein is just veterans min. Yeah, disgusting. But I mean, but like we got the... Cousins on the minimum too. Like it's just a depreciation of the market for centers in general. It's a... yeah, unless I mean, you're like even... Brook Lopez, apparently. <laughs> even with those guys, it's like that's a if if the Lakers play the Warriors every game in the regular season I I think they'll at least rival 
the Warriors 73 and 9. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> it's a good matchup. It's a good yeah, matchup. it's great. Yeah, that should have been one of the questions on the GM survey. If the Lakers played the Warriors all 82 <laughs> games, what would their record be? Yeah. But, Maybe I a mean, suggestion for next year. <laughs> as an aside, what, what do you think the Lakers' final record would look like? I know Vegas has them at 51 wins. I don't – actually, you know what? I'm higher on them than I was, like, even in free agency. After their free agency signings, I just wasn't sold on them. And this just may be Warriors preseason game bias, but I can see them hitting over 51 wins or exactly 51. Yeah, so I have them in like the 4-5 range in the Western Conference. Okay. And it's funny, I haven't thought about that like in terms of actual wins, just like where they'll seed. But if they finish in that range, that's got to be like 52-53, right? Right, yeah. So, yeah. I didn't think I was that pro, (laughs) you know, (laughs) over, but apparently I am. And speaking of the GM survey um, they asked these GMs to rank the Western Conference and they, they had the Lakers coming in at number three which I'm with you Sabrina I think the Lakers probably f- finished closer to four or five three is three is pretty high for the Lakers like three's best case scenario Andre Iguodala gets bought out tomorrow and <laughs> like a starting point guard becomes available in the buyout market I'm okay with Andre Iguodala getting bought out later in the year because I think he probably just needs some time to rest you know hmm because he, he did a lot of load management during the regular season last year anyway, and I feel yeah. like if he were on the Lakers, we would feel compelled to play him. Uh-huh. But let's let him get his downtime in Memphis, for, or wherever he's <laughs> resting currently. I don't believe he's actually in Memphis. That'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, it seems like the GMs were also pretty spread out. Like, it's it's fairly even across one to four, which 14% of GMs think the Lakers will have the top seed. That means 14% of 30, that's what, like... <laughs> Like four GMs, yeah. Like that's maybe five. That's that's a lot of GMs. Like that's yeah. who in the world thinks that the Lakers have enough depth and that Anthony <laughs> Davis will play enough games to get a one seed. Like that's that's strange. You know what cracked me up is the fact that uh, Denver got three percent of the first. Like the Lakers got more first place votes than Denver, but Denver got twenty eight percent of the second place votes. Like, people have watched the Denver Nuggets play basketball enough to understand that number two, like, the second seed is probably their ceiling. Two or three yeah. is just where they've lived over the past few years. So, mm-hmm. um, just not think, quite over the hump there. Yeah. I think Jeremy Grant and Michael Porter Jr. put them over the hump. Like, I think there's something to be said about continuity in the NBA, and they probably have the most in the Western Conference. So, I, I can actually see a very realistic scenario where. They finish the number one seed, and, and Nikola Jokic wins MVP. Yeah, I mean, uh, I was at you know the Clippers Nuggets preseason game last week, and everybody talks about how the Clippers have you know one to ten, probably the best roster in the NBA. Yeah, that Denver second unit is no joke. Yeah. Like Monte Morris, Malik Beasley, Wancho, maybe Michael Porter Jr. and Mason Plumlee, or Jeremy Grant, you know, in one of those yeah. wing spots. Like they were blowing the Clippers second unit out of the water, and that was a real Clippers second unit, not just like you know, whoever happens to play the second five yeah. during preseason. So, yeah, there's depth wins you a lot of games. <laughs> I still won't take them in the playoffs, but depth wins you a lot of regular season games. <laughs> what else stuck out to you from this survey? Um, I mean, like, I know I told you, like, I was trying to pick out all the Lakers stuff, and it was just every other question. Oh, there's um, LeBron. There's LeBron. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of there's LeBron, I thought it was nuts that LeBron didn't win the best small forward categories since, like, 
since they started doing these in 2006, mm-hmm. LeBron has been the number one like small forward in the NBA. And this year, Kawhi Leonard beat him out. But he was also like a top three vote getter and best point guard, best small forward and best power forward. So yeah, a little give and take with maybe with people NBA just don't know what position LeBron plays. <laughs> then again, yeah. like this was the first year in the Sports Illustrated Top 100 that LeBron wasn't the number one player. And he was and also ESPN's behind Kawhi ranking. Leonard. So yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of consensus there, I guess. Yeah. Um, but other than that, he received some. Uh, MVP votes and the craziest thing to me is that James Harden tries to get the MVP award every year or has every year for the last like five seasons and he wasn't even a top five vote getter this year it was that's stunning it was Giannis Steph AD Kawhi and Jokic and I can I can be talked into every one of those guys except Steph like I think looking at the makeup of their roster even if he goes off for like 40 a game i think they'll still be like a seventh or eighth seed so yeah that's that's a tough one to me well i guess there is a precedent you know for putting up historical offensive statistics and winning despite being a seven seed for you know? for westbrook yeah that's yeah. the precedent and we've seen what it looks like when steph goes off and it's just so enjoyable i feel like that's part of it yeah i i as much i don't know why uh, but NBA Twitter has slowly turned turned on Steph Curry over the last few years, and it breaks my heart because even before they blew up, Steph was like one of my favorite players in the NBA, along with Goran Dragic. But my Dragic love is more rooted in my love for Steve Nash because that was kind of his son in Phoenix. Uh, but aside from the fact, I have like very few players are as fun to watch when they're really hot than Steph Curry, like. He is so, so fun to watch. Yeah, and he gets free reign this year in Golden State, right? So there's there's the argument that no one else can reliably create offense other than D'Angelo, but, like, we don't know if that's just Kenny Atkinson's <laughs> system or flukier or, you know, I don't know. There's a big gap between Curry and D'Angelo. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> I did think it was interesting that um, Davis didn't come up higher in the who would you want to start a franchise with vote? Like, it's pretty much all Giannis among NBA GMs. And I wonder how much of that is, like, people actually thinking Giannis is a better player. Yeah. Luka is is very, very good. And I think he'll have a very long NBA career. I don't, I don't know what I was – or I knew – I know what I was looking at. I was looking at stats.nba.com. Uh – but he's averaging like over 10 free throw attempts per game in the preseason. And as much as everybody hates watching James Harden play, like Luka is entering that territory and he could as soon as next season uh, in, in terms of free throw attempts. So mm-hmm. I like Luka. Would I take him over Anthony Davis? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> um, and then Rich Paul had some interest. <laughs> uh, Rich Paul had some interesting statements about um, – Giannis just recently in terms of the Giannis AD debate he said that if AD was on the Bucks, if you replaced AD with Giannis they probably would have made the finals um and I don't know if I agree with that but I do think the gap between AD and Giannis is it's much smaller than people make it out to be I think like Giannis is obviously 
an MVP caliber player and like the reigning league MVP. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of like Giannis's playmaking, what I what does he do that AD can't do? I mean, I think that's it. I think it's the playmaking that you can put the ball in his hands and <clears throat> allow him to reliably run the offense, which uh, Anthony Davis just doesn't do yet, right? Like, that's why we have Rajon Rondo. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's see. The only mention of non-AD LeBron Lakers is uh, Danny Green gets a... I think he got also receiving votes in underrated acquisitions of the offseason. Which, whatever. I mean, I don't think he was underrated. I think everyone was like, oh, yeah, the Lakers need a player exactly <laughs> like Danny Green. <laughs> Lovely. Um, Rajon Rondo yeah. got, what, three votes for which active player will make the best head coach someday? Which, it's not the first time we've heard that. Sure. Yeah. Jared Dudley also receiving votes in that category. <laughs> I could. I would much rather play for Duds than I would Rondo. Yeah. Just because... Rajon Rondo and Kobe Bryant are probably the two players that I just hate to play for. <laughs> they just seem like insult. As much as Ro- like Rondo's transition to like a veteran leader better than Kobe ever mm-hmm. did, um, but I I still don't think I'd like playing for him. And uh, but Dudley I can I can get behind. He's somebody I think a locker room could rally rally behind pretty. What's easily. interesting is like. <clears throat> Outside of his terrible stint in Dallas, all of his teammates love Rondo. Like, it's not like a Kobe thing, you know, where he's, like, hard right. to play with and, like, you generally <laughs> just handle it because he's so good. Like, people go out of their way to say good things about Rondo. So maybe, you know, maybe he would make a good coach. Yeah, it's not just his teammates either. Like, every coach outside of Rick Carlisle absolutely adored Rondo. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. know what happened in Dallas. Uh, I mean, I do know what happened in Dallas. Yeah. <laughs> he abandoned his teammates uh, to the point where they all voted he didn't get his share of the pot when it came to the playoffs, which is the, like, of all of the silliness that happens on NBA Twitter, I feel like that wasn't talked about nearly enough. <laughs> that his teammates all voted that he didn't get paid for the playoff. That's so funny. But, um, yeah, I mean, but Rondo's... Like the, the the fact that Rondo is so likable is to the detriment of the Lakers, and because <laughs> they looked so good against the Warriors, and I don't think it was in spite of Rondo not playing. Yeah, there are interesting rotations that can be had when Rondo is not the backup point guard. Like I think Quinn Cook pretty capably fits into that role, assuming LeBron is also on the court. Right. Um, because he's not really a point guard, but he's also too small to defend twos, so you need another initiator which is exactly why playing him next to like caruso and braun is a really nice combo yeah yeah, yeah. and but yeah i mean it was a fun preseason game and <laughs> I, I don't think it's a coincidence yeah quinn cook is interesting to me because he did look really good i don't know if it was just like uh the adrenaline of playing against his former team but he looked awesome and i think that point guard rotation uh like the, the value of every point guard on the Lakers roster is going to be dependent on the players they play with. Mm-hmm. Like, you're going to get the best out of Rajon Rondo if you play him um, in lineups without LeBron James. And with and, Anthony Davis. Right. Yeah. And you're going to get the best out of Avery Bradley. 
Alex Caruso and and Quinn Cook when you're playing them on the floor with LeBron James and not forcing them to dribble. I tweeted from the Silver Screen and Roll account last night, like, the Lakers' game plan should be nobody dribble but LeBron <laughs> James and Anthony Davis. I think Quinn Cook can also create his own shot a bit. Yeah. Um, and, and so can Kyle Kuzma, which is why I'm pretty optimistic about the second unit when they're fully healthy. Like, I think an offense in the second unit built around Quinn Cook and Kyle Kuzma is pretty manageable. Um, But, yeah, I think the success of those guys individually is completely reliant on on the guys Vogel puts them around, surrounds them with. And I think that's why Caruso's struggled so much in the preseason. Yeah, I mean, he's basically, like, for the first couple games, he was put in G League lineups and asked to run the show there, which is, I mean, obviously he's done that, but, like, not against NBA opponents. And then he also, uh, there was, like, a couple minutes last night, I think, without LeBron or Davis on the floor, uh, which there really should not be any of those, not in the first half at least. (laughs) That's a mistake. I mean, I know, like, there's some teams who like to have, you know, their five-man bench unit. It just doesn't make sense when you have two players as good as LeBron James and Anthony Davis to do that, especially when, like, there's no one on the bench to prop that unit up. Like, the Clippers have talked about how they don't plan on staggering Kawhi and Paul George because they like to let Lou Williams and Montrezl Harrell play together and run that show on the bench. Like, that's fine. We don't have that on the Lakers. You know, there yeah. has to be a stagger. So when we talk about bench units, it's like a LeBron bench unit or an AD bench unit. That's that's a recipe for success. That's something that's completely sustainable for the duration of the season. So I I am... S- I can't wait for games to start counting. I say that now, and then when I listen back to this in a month, I'm just like, what was, what was I talking about? They're 10-10 <laughs> and 10 right now, and there's already talks about them missing the playoffs. Um, but, yeah, it should be key, fun. I think the key, like, the, through 20 games, you have to win 12 to have, like, an 80% chance of making the playoffs. Ugh, that's horrifying. I think that's I mean, what I the numbers have shown. Fine. And we went 11-9 and nine last year through 20. So... Yeah, that, I, that's the benchmark the, I'm the Lakers. For. <laughs> the Lakers have a pretty easy start to the season, which is why Kuzma missing. I mean, I I'm not super optimistic he'll be ready for the for the regular season opener. Mm-hmm. Um, and if he doesn't play, like even if he misses the first three games, I'm not going to be too bent out of shape about it because that the <clears> first. <throat> 10 15 games of their schedule they should be able to win pretty easily especially like yeah, I think the only like... go ahead what was that oh no no go the, ahead the only games i was um kind i had some reservations about were the warriors games but i mean you see <laughs> how they played against them in in the preseason I, I i think they win those games pretty easily yeah, I think the Lakers, like, historically always have a relatively easy start to the season because we get, like, that huge clump of national TV games once right. football's over. And then, like, that Grammy road trip in February is always a difficult part of the schedule. But it, it's – I just – okay, I know this is totally irrelevant. I don't understand why they're playing the Warriors four times during the preseason. <laughs> like, I was reading this thing in The Athletic the other day about how <clears throat> how preseason schedules come together and, like, individual teams schedule their own preseason games. And – Generally, front offices don't want to play teams in their division during the preseason because you already play them four times during the regular season. 
So this is at least yeah. eight times we're going to be playing the Warriors. I just I, don't get yeah. it. Doesn't make any sense. I mean, and I get, you know, the folks at Chase Center have to make their money back somehow. But I don't know if playing the Lakers twice in that arena during the preseason is is what's going to do it. Um, that I mean, was maybe it yeah, was that, just like they already went to China, so they didn't want to travel very far <laughs> to play the other games. But, like, Phoenix is there, you know? Yeah, Sacramento's a fun team. Sacramento's and available. You, and then you have the Luke Walton storyline, and, you know, it's there. Everything it's there. was there, and they decided <laughs> to play a banged-up Warriors team <laughs> four times. I can't believe they play them one more time on Friday. That's, that's insane. We're not going to learn anything from that game because AD's out, Bron's out. Like, Steph didn't bad. play yesterday, you know? Yeah. I feel very bad for whoever had has to write the recap for our site and by by whoever has to write it i mean me i feel bad for me i can already see the headline now alex caruso goes off for 12 points and the lakers win over the warriors yeah i don't know if goes off in 12 points or <laughs> synonymous like yeah the shelvin mac uh, orlando <laughs> magic graphic they made the yeah. leader and assist I mean, it's it's a correct stat. He was the leader in assists for the Orlando Magic. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. Well, I don't know why I'm saying we'll see what happens. The Lakers are going to win. But the Lakers are going to be the worst. Game. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Just uh, let's see a couple other LeBron things. He won best basketball IQ, second year running, um, best passer, uh, which is second year running as well. Not in the voting for most athletic, which... Uh, interesting <laughs> yeah who who else got votes it was zion, zion and yeah. Giannis. yeah but i mean i feel like we're forgetting you know i feel like a, lebron a and, <laughs> yeah lebron and vince carter should be in that because oh, yeah. like how relative, is vince not on this list yeah <laughs> relative to age they're superhumans. Yeah. i saw a video of vince carter dunking in slacks oh, over yeah. the summer he's and, unbelievable yeah oh my god did Vince Carter went off on on Wednesday night, Wednesday, right? Yeah. yeah. He's probably the Hawks' best shooter. <laughs> the Hawks have Trey Young on their team. So the funniest crazy. thing was like there was this one he like had hit like three threes in a row or something, and then he yeah. decided he was just gonna like turn away on the fourth one and he just like <laughs> totally airballed. Shout out to Vince Carter. He, I hope Vince he never Carter. stops playing. Yeah. Him and Kyle Korver are gonna give like get a make late second round picks just play overseas for the next three years i know vince said this is his last year but i don't buy it yeah it still looks good still yeah. dunking in slacks <laughs> all right so i figured as long as you know nba gms are making their predictions for what's going to happen this season that we could make some predictions about how this Lakers season is going to look, you know, just some basic stuff we're essentially nba gms if <laughs> we're you really think about it <laughs> So we've already already talked record, right? I think I was on fifty. I'm gonna I'm gonna settle at fifty two. Okay. Yeah. And you're what fifty or fifty one? Oof. Let let's let's call it fifty. A call flat 50. fifty. I okay. like round numbers. Fifty is a good round number. Fifty and yeah. thirty two. It's a good record. Okay. Opening night starting lineup. Who you got? Oh. Um. I who I want it to be. And who it will be are two different things. Uh, I think Avery Bradley will probably start at point guard, which mm-hmm. 
He played really well against the Warriors. The Clippers are going to light him up. <laughs> I mean, probably. I've, I mean, we, I've said this a few times on the pod, but the Lakers have, and I can go on record saying this, they have the worst backcourt of any top like contender in, in the Western Conference. Sure. Possibly even in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And I think they even have, like, a bottom 10 backcourt in the Western Conference. So well, I mean, there's I mean, 15 I, teams in the West. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who uh, who else do we got? In the, yeah. All right. So we're starting great. Bradley. I assume yeah. the core Danny three in the Green, middle. Yeah. LeBron James, Anthony mm-hmm. Davis, and JaVale. I expected the Dwight JaVale uh, preseason battle to be a little better than it was. It just hasn't been. Like, Dwight's starting to knock off the rust now, but even then, JaVale's just, he's so athletic, and his arms are so long that I don't know, unless Dwight Howard goes undergoes reconstructive surgery on his arms, I don't get how he can make that up. You see, I disagree. I think it's actually been a pretty pretty compelling matchup between Dwight and JaVale. Like, Dwight has gotten significantly improved as the preseason has gone along. Over the last two games, sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean... I'm, I'm with you there. I still don't think he's going to start just because, like, there's a, a relationship dynamic there where, yeah, you know, he's working for his spot and JaVale was brought in to be the starter or whatever, compete with it with DeMarcus at least. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I... Like, ordinarily, I would have no problem with Avery Bradley being the opening night starter because I think he makes more sense in that role than Rondo, and they're not going to start Caruso. But, like, against the Clippers, I'm telling you, they're going to eat him up. Like, <laughs> well, he, who who would you start if you well, were Vogel against the Clippers? Because it's the Clippers, obviously, yeah. we know Caruso just, like, <laughs> destroys them. Like, people yeah. always get in my case about how I give Caruso too much credit for these meaningless games they played at the end of the season. <laughs> they were not meaningless for the other teams. Yeah. Utah needed to win that game. The Clippers got stuck with the eight seed because they lost that game. <laughs> yeah. These are I mean, real implications. Right, right, right. And Caruso has to play some minutes. Cause, he was so good against the Clippers. Yeah. And because of that Patrick Beverly tweet over the offseason okay. where – because Patrick Beverly acknowledged that there is a, there's a budding rivalry between him and Caruso, so I hope they share the court together. It took me everything not to ask Patrick Beverly that question. <laughs> oh, at Clippers uh, Media Day? <laughs> when we were at Media Day. Like, how much are you looking forward to that matchup with uh, the, the other team's star point guard, Alex Caruso? <laughs> I didn't want to get laughed at, so I didn't ask. Oh, man. That would have been delightful. <laughs> Almost as delightful as you, like, bringing back all those Portland OKC memories. Oh, with Marcos. yeah. And I forgot Patrick Patterson was on that team. <laughs> and he was sitting right next to Mo. That was hilarious. Not as funny as Patrick Patterson going through, like, why OKC didn't work out because of all the internal problems with the team. And the Mo Harkless is right there saying, like, all right, well. All right. <laughs> Unless Damian Lillard's nickname is internal problems, <laughs> I think you're missing the point there, bud. But yeah, I I think Crusoe makes the most sense because even though he's shooting like I don't know if it changed after last night, but going in going into Wednesday's game, he was shooting like 22.2 percent from the field, mm. but he was shooting like 41 percent from three. So the three point shooting's there, which is really all you need. Like. 
all you need to do when playing next to LeBron James is make open three pointers and be able to attack attack the rim when when defenders overcommit. So Crusoe makes the most sense there. Yeah, I'm on record against the Clippers. I'm on record saying that I want KCP to be the starting point guard. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> Have you seen him play? I mean, he's looked active. I think he's KCP. a perfectly fine compliment to LeBron James. Like he he shoots willingly. Yeah. You know, he shoots decent percentage. He's got some size. I like to really lean into that size. You know, Avery's small. KCP's like six five, you know, and he doesn't have to do that much dribbling with LeBron next to him. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if the Lakers have updated their uh, actual heights of players, but KCP's li- listed at six six. Uh, but he's shooting thirty eight point six percent in the preseason, which is not great. And now that I look at his preseason numbers from years past. Mm-hmm. That's about what he shot in the preseason. Yeah. So I guess don't put too much stock into that. But <laughs> yeah, uh, I that's, mean, that's my two cents. I would like to see KCP as a starting point guard. Yeah. Because again, LeBron James is the point guard. So yeah. what does it really matter? Just put shooters around him. Willing, and able shooters. I like, but but I really like, uh, assuming Quinn Cook gets a lot of playing time with the second unit. Mm-hmm. Whether it's KCP or Caruso, I like, or or both of them, honestly, because, I mean, the Lakers don't have a backup three right now unless right. Cal Kuzma shows mm-hmm. um, he can defend the perimeter, which I'm not holding my breath. Um, KCP is probably going to play a lot of backup three next season. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vogel's already shown that he's willing to play three, if not four, uh, guards at, at a time. So that Quinn Cook, Caruso, KCP lineup in the second unit i think has the potential to be pretty good uh, i'm here for it but that it goes back to the point though it's why i'm hoping kuzma like makes very strong or at least builds on the the playmaking he showed at the end of last season the lakers would really really benefit from having that secondary creator in um in in the second unit, whether it's you know Andre Iguodala or Kyle Kuzma, they just need they need a playmaker that's not Rajon Rondo, a low usage playmaker in that second unit. All right, so we've got starting lineup down. What about who's going to be the leading scorer for the Lakers this season? Um, probably AD. Yeah. Not because LeBron's not capable, but I think he'll defer to him on a lot of nights. Yeah, I think we're in agreement there. What about leading rebounder? Probably AD again. All right. No um, chance for JaVale or Dwight to stay no, in there. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, you know, I think Dwight will actually out-rebound JaVale, though, just because he'll, like, when you look at the guys uh, Dwight's going to play with in the second unit, I think he'll grab every rebound while he's on the floor, as long as he's not sharing the floor with AD. All right. So Dwight will out-rebound JaVale. Okay. Yeah. What about leader and assists? Uh, Probably. Probably LeBron, yeah. and like eight of the assists per game he'll average will all be to AD. <laughs> yeah, someone was suggesting that like LeBron could average a double double with assists this season. Probably, that I would be cool. I wouldn't doubt it. Yeah, I don't think he ever has. Um, I don't think he has either. That would be a nice little uh, addition to his resume. Yeah, he's uh he's very good at basketball. That <laughs> that pass he did on Wednesday was. <laughs> Some sorcery I've never seen before. Yeah, that was uh, cool. And just to confirm, the closest he's ever gotten to averaging uh, a double-double was two seasons ago. A double-double with assists mm-hmm. 
He averaged 27.5 points and 9.1 assists. Oof. And he's also never done it with rebounds. So. Oh, he's never averaged 10 rebounds either? Oh, okay. Oh. Almost makes you think you'd rather have Russell Westbrook. Haha, <laughs> 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 kidding, kidding. Okay, so. Somebody clip that. <laughs> Set Sabrina's mentions on fire. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, juice this up a little bit. Um, who is going to be the third most valuable player for the Lakers this year? Ooh. Um, I'm going to be accused of being a fanboy, most likely by Anthony Irwin. <laughs> but I'm going to go out on a limb and say Kyle Kuzma. Okay. I mean, you've mentioned like if he can show the playmaking, that's the oh. skill that he has. Nobody else I, really does. Yeah, I think he... He has a real chance to be, like, the focal point of that second unit offensively. Defensively, don't know. But I think he'll be big of enough, a big of enough impact in that second unit to where, not that it won't matter, it just it won't be as detrimental. Um, and you look at the games they played without him, having a guy like him that moves off the ball the way he does and just knows how to put the ball in the basket with 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 LeBron and AD on the floor, mm-hmm. I think he'll probably set a new career high in points next season, whether that's, like, points per game for the season or, or just points in total a game. points, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. So I went into this thinking that I was going to select Danny Green, yeah. and then I realized he doesn't really play that many minutes. No, he doesn't. No, like, I, I don't know how I missed this all this – I mean, like, I do know in San Antonio there was perpetually just, like – anger over Greg Popovich not playing Danny Green more minutes. (laughs) But even last year, you know, like around 27 in Toronto, I believe. So I just don't know if he has, if he's going to have like the quantity to be able to be the third most valuable player on the Lakers, even though like he's going to have to defend the best perimeter threat on the other team pretty much every night, which, you know, have fun with that. Um, (laughs) And obviously his spacing is so important in that starting lineup. You know, Deadshot, that's LeBron's new nickname for him, right? Yeah. Uh, LeBron and his nicknames. So this this is something I wanted to get into real quick. Last year, LeBron had possibly the worst nickname I've ever heard. He called <laughs> their, like, two-headed point guard, you know, Zoe and Doe of Lonzo yeah. and Rondo. Again, maybe the stupidest thing LeBron's ever said, which, you know, after no. last week might need some updating. Yeah. But <laughs> uh, Deadshot is okay. Mud. Deadshot's okay. Had mud. Mud oh, the mud thing? Bees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Braun, he's he's in dad age, and I think he's entering dad nicknames now. Okay. Although I can't say my dad's ever come up with a nickname that bad. Those are just terrible. They're really bad. They're really bad. I'm okay with Deadshot. I'm okay with it. I like it's, Deadshot, uh, too. You know, it's pretty simple, but, like, it accurately describes what Danny Green does. One note character, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, hopefully... <laughs> He, he he hasn't been, like, fantastic in the preseason. Uh, but, again, it is just the preseason. Yeah. And, um, but the thing that does scare me a little bit is that, was it two seasons ago that there was talk about, like, Danny Green digressing and not being the same three-point shooter he was? Like, mm-hmm. he had a year where he really struggled in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, but he said he was hurt that year. Yeah. I, ju- I just hope. Like, just players forget how to shoot when they play for the Lakers. Reggie Bullock <laughs> was the perfect example last season. But he's another guy that was allegedly hurt. Um, 
when, yeah. when he was playing for the Lakers last season. So I'm, gonna, I'm holding out on to hope. Yeah, I think it's better to be optimistic about Danny Green for now. So yeah, yeah I, I think uh, I think you're probably right. It's uh, if the Lakers reach their ceiling, it's Kuzma who's going to be the third most valuable player. And if he's not, then like something has gone wrong. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think about Dwight entering that conversation? So for him to enter that conversation would mean that he assumes a starting role over JaVale, probably. Yeah. Um, and that he's just a defensive monster who can dunk a lot. Like, right. I think that's what happens. Like, I don't know that he still has, like, the lateral mobility to defend the way bigs have to defend, especially in, like, the postseason now. Yeah. Um, so I doubt we'll get to that point. But... I mean, I could see him being, like, fourth or fifth. <laughs> yeah, I, I just think he's going to be such a force on, yeah. like, the boards. Yeah. Um, and I think having Still a guy like... a damn like, good rebounder. Yeah. yeah. Having Kuz and Duds around him is, is going to be really helpful for him, too, because he's just going to be alone in the paint um, whenever those rebounds come down. So. Kuz and I don't Duds. Know. <laughs> yeah, Kuz and Duds. I think, uh, I mean, as much as I, you know loathe giving anthony irwin credit elmer fudley is a very good thing <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know if that's his doing yeah. i'd be surprised if it was i've seen the elmer fudd comparison multiple yeah. times with jared dudley but making it elmer fudley that's it's it's a nice little ring to it i would hate to give him credit for that <laughs> his his puns are insufferable and i doubt anybody <laughs> thinks he's as funny as he thinks he is <laughs> But, yeah, uh, I'm a, I'm probably more pro pun than most. So oh, you know. I'm pro good puns. <laughs> I don't know if Anthony has very. He made good a puns. he made a good one on Twitter the other day. I can't remember what it was. Uh, I don't know. There's there's a lot to go from. I don't know it would take a long time to, to find it. it. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right. Let's see some some other random predictions here. I I think Frank Vogel is going to last the whole season as head coach. Oh yeah, that's probably the spiciest take. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. I, I think, think it would take last. them. It would take them getting off to a really bad start for him to, like, get on the hot seat right away. Mm-hmm. I don't think the Lakers will go through, like, really tough losing streaks throughout the season. As long as, you know, that isn't a problem, yeah. I think he'll be all right. Um, I do believe that this is not the 15-man roster that the Lakers will end the season with. I think probably the easiest reason for that is because they'll cut DeMarcus Cousins at some point during the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, But I also think they're going to make a trade. And I haven't quite decided yet who's the most likely trade candidate. I think it's KCP. Well, yeah, the thing with KCP, and I think he has, like, a good salary for a trade. Yeah, it's about 8 mil. Yeah, Yeah. but the only thing with KCP is that he'd need to sign off on a trade. Yeah. Um. But the reason I'm optimistic about that is that he – I feel like there are teams that could use him more than the Lakers and, and offer him more minutes because I think best case for him next season, he's going to average like 15 minutes per game. Um, so, I don't know. I, I, I don't think it's yeah, completely and I, unrealistic I to think, think like he'd – Rich would probably convince him to sign off because it would benefit his other two yeah. you know, <laughs> clients, right? Right. Um, let's see. Uh, who, I mean, other than that, like, there's no salary that makes sense to trade. Like, you'd have to trade Danny Green, and that's just not happening. Yeah. Um, I mean, Boogie makes some sense. Uh, Boogie and, and Avery Bradley could probably yeah. net you back somebody 
I have a lot of questions about how that salary thing works with Avery Bradley. Like, because they use the room exception on him, if they trade him, do they no longer have it next year? Um, I don't know. I'd have to look into that. Yeah. I don't know that off the top of my head either. The CBA is probably my least strongest subject. I always, whenever I write about it, I have to hop in Slack and ask. Yeah. Double check before I uh, publish anything. (laughs) Yeah, I still make mistakes, but whatever. (laughs) Um, JaVale is another guy that has a tradable salary, but I mean, he's on such a good contract that they'd they'd be stupid to trade him. I also think we're really going to need him. Like, yeah. uh, I just don't see how Dwight individually handles that center burden, unless for some reason Anthony Davis has a change of heart during the <laughs> middle of the year and is like, nah, I'm good playing five. Like, let's do this. Ralph Palenka like, makes him read The Alchemist. Oh, my God. I was So I was looking at the survey, right? And, like, last year, Anthony Davis won best power forward and best center in the GM survey. Yeah. And didn't win either this year. Which is, yeah, whatever. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know why you'd vote for him for center. He's not going to play center with the Lakers. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. People say that pretty often, but he's played center. Like, he's played the majority of his minutes at center every year for the past five seasons, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think the Lakers really, really need to keep him happy. So if I if I jumped on basketball reference at the end of this season and saw that Anthony Davis played only 2% of his minutes at center, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, and I also just think, like, the way the roster is constructed, like, we have two capable centers, in yeah. theory, and then, like, there's not a backup three, like you said, so LeBron will probably play more of his minutes at the three instead of the four. Yeah. Whatever that means, like, positionally. I don't know. I could also see, like, Jared Dudley playing center in some five-out Ugh, lineups. I hope not. Ugh. Jared <laughs> don't you want to see the LeBron plus shooters lineup? No. Jared <laughs> Dudley, <laughs> Kyle Kuzma should not play the, specifically Kyle Kuzma. If I have to see Kyle Kuzma play another minute at center, I mean, Frontier already kind of canceled Spectrum Sportsnet for me. Um, but, yeah, I will I will pretend I have a Spectrum Sportsnet uh, membership to, to cancel. I'm with you on Kuzma, but I think Dudley, like, he's got enough girth, you know, to guard the bigger guys. He had some yeah. meaningful minutes on MB during the playoffs, you know. It's not yeah. terrible. I like Dudley. I think he'll be good as long as he tries on defense. Like, yeah, trying my favorite is a big quali- thing. Yeah, my favorite quality of a player is trying on defense. And he like, talks. Trey Young, Trey Young has looked like he's tried on defense in the preseason, and I think that alone just raises his value in most NBA circles. <laughs> All right, let's see. What other uh, predictions can we make about this year's team? If, um, if if there's like who is a realistic player in the NBA that can sneak off of a roster and and end up on the Lakers, whether it's a trade candidate or a buyout player? Because for me, actually, I take that back. I was gonna say for me it would be Tristan Thompson, but they're already so deep at center and power forward. Yeah, yeah. That I don't think that he's a realistic option. Yeah, I don't think that's the right fit. Um. I haven't given too much, like, too many looks at other teams' roster crunches, you know, other than the one glaring exemption in Memphis. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jay Crowder can could sneak away. Jay Crowder's but, the one I keep coming back to, yeah. But, but I he think hates- he's, like, their opening night starter at small forward. Yeah. I was looking at their minutes allocation because one of my friends asked on Twitter the other day, 
who should I who should I pick up for fantasy? Tim Hardaway Jr. or Jay Crowder? I was like, I don't know if Jay Crowder is going to play a ton. Mm-hmm. And then I looked, and yeah, he's he's averaged like 25 minutes yeah. per game in the preseason. And he's also just infinitely better than Tim Hardaway Jr. Oh, yeah. But my thing was that like Tim Hardaway Jr. was going to play more. Yeah, he's going to pick uh, up some stats. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah, Tim, he's, I don't know. He should be a lot better at basketball than he is. <laughs> but he's so bad. Yeah. Um, All right, so the Lakers play the Warriors tonight. <laughs> yeah, they do. Maybe and, we should have um, predicted what the starting lineup is going to be for that game. <laughs> well, it'll probably be, I mean, Vogel kind of alluded to the fact that more than LeBron and AD are going to be sitting out. So, like, Danny so, as well. Yeah. So, let's let's say, did my dogs get out? Um. <laughs> Let's just say, assuming only LeBron and AD sit out, it'll be uh, Rondo, Avery Bradley, Danny oh Green, God. Jared Dudley, and Darrell McGee. It's disgusting. It's yeah. literally <laughs> disgusting. Well, it's a peak preseason lineup, I think. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go a little bit happier. I'm going to say Caruso, KCP, Dudley. We'll go bigger. Um, Kaycock, and JaVale. I like that a lot better give, than give Devonte one little one last game before we have to cut him. You know, before yeah. the start of the regular season, I'm gonna miss yeah, that the, guy. The Lakers have to trim their roster like soon. Yeah. And unless they cut Demarcus, the the roster is set. Yeah, I like so. Kaycock quite a bit. He's uh, he plays hard, man. He does play really. He plays he, really he, hard. He reminds me of uh, the year Thomas Robinson unexpectedly made the <laughs> roster. Yeah, Thomas Robinson. What a terrible waste of a number two pick. Yeah, Thomas Robinson and Metal World Peace made that roster over Anthony Brown, which I didn't like at the time, but in hindsight. Anthony Brown, I regularly see at Sparks games. He shows up (laughs) to support his Stanford brethren, the Ogumake sisters. (laughs) Yeah, he's he when when looking back at all the late draft gems the Lakers have picked up over the years he's the one people always gloss over it's funny like I remember seeing him the first time and like texting Harrison like oh, is this like worthy of uh putting up on Twitter he's like nah yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like a brief just, tenure as a Laker he just didn't stick yeah. still has it and it's funny because I remember uh so that was the year where the Lakers had the 27th pick they used it on Nance yeah. And then 34th pick, I want to say, on Brown. And I remember thinking, 27, that's where we should have taken Anthony Brown. Like, this guy's going to yeah. pop. <laughs> and yeah. he's so mad that we took Larry Nance. And lo and behold, it's almost like the Lakers know what they're doing in the draft. Yeah. Almost like it. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Christian, for hopping on in your, uh, you know, leaky waterfall state. This oh, is, uh, yeah. This has been delightful. I cannot, I cannot wait to curl into bed and just not do anything. I think my dogs are chewing something up, um, so so we should probably. Go I have that to look forward to too. <laughs> All right. Well, the next time we record, the Lakers will have played a regular season game. Probably. That's two. so exciting! Oh my god! All right. One more well, against the Warriors? No, no. <laughs> That's the Clippers. My bad. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast feed for Lakers shows every day of the week, and uh, have a nice weekend.